Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocTalk. ZocTalk is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocTalk is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc dot com slash drink. Oh, wait. Ta-da! The troll hole! <laughs> Yeah, you've seen it quite a few times now, but um, I think the the public has not seen it. I was waiting for you to announce it. Yeah, look how beautiful it is. I forgot. I was like, it's silent. I'm supposed to say something here. Yes, here is, here she is. She's a little unfinished. She's a little unfinished on this side. Where is it? There. Um, I know that I'm going to buy other unnecessary bullshit, so I just left a space. That's smart. That's so smart. I know. But anyway, here she is from one angle. In all her glory. in all her glory, there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on on the other walls, but oh, this is... We're posting on Patreon the uh, the introduction to the Troll Hole video where I got the full tour mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. gave me the full tour and showed me all the different little uh, nicks, nicks? Nick, n- nick nooks, nooks and crannies and nooks and knacks. Nicks and nicks and knacks and nooks and crannies. All of uh, but just like how I told you from the very beginning of your time seeing the Troll Hole... My head perfectly fits the shield, so only when I do a quick dart does anyone see it. So, but once again, you know we fidget a lot, so I feel like we'll be okay. You'll, you'll move enough for it to be spotted every now and then. Well, anyway, I'm very glad. The only thing I have left to figure out is lighting. I can't tell if the lighting is the good. The lighting in here. looks great to me. Really? Yeah, it does look really good. Like the background almost looks like, in a good way, almost looks like a green screen. Like you have a fake background up. And I know it's real, which makes it so much cooler. But Oh, thank you. Well, I, f- I feel like it's a little dark behind me, but I, I'm 
I'm not like a master lighter or anything. So this is what we've got, what we're working Looks with. Looks great. So, thank you. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, anyway, um, welcome everybody officially to the troll hole. And what an honor and, to be here. Thank you. At the end. That's all I've got. I think <laughs> I'm overwhelmed now. Uh, is, that, is that why you drink this week? Sure. Oh, um, hmm. Yes, I drink because uh, no, I drink because <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> but it's dirty. Um, I drink because I got my. I'm supposed to get my surgery date today. They're gonna call me, but <gasps> I have a, I have a feeling I know what day it's gonna be on. And what day? Why do you have a feeling? Because I already gave them options. Oh, and I, oh, 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 oh. So I was like, I think, did you have a psychic dream about your no. surgery? Okay. <laughs> I already gave them options, and uh, I did. I gave them very few. So. Um, cause they only do it on like Thursday mornings. And I was like, well, there's only so many Thursdays left before, you know, we go Touring, back on tour. Yeah. And, uh, I drink because I'm a little discouraged about the surgery just oh, because, no. uh, I found out it's not a 95% success rate. It's an 80% success rate, which That's feels pretty drastically good. different. If it's pretty good, but I feel like it's not enough to calm my anxiety from always being nervous that there's a 20% chance it didn't work. And well, is there a way to know if it's going to work or not really? No, I just have to wait for it to happen oh, again. Um, no, so you're just going to sit in the rest of time just like, oh, it might happen again. No, don't do that. Just just listen. Just be like, I'm one of the 80% of people. Because what's the point? If it did work and then you just spend the rest of your life being scared it's going to happen, like what good is that? What was the point? I, I, but I, I, I appreciate the pep talk, but also I, I, there's no turning off the anxiety. So I, I don't know. He did tell me, he was like, oh, um, yeah, it usually takes people like three or four years to not have anxiety about it anymore once they, and I was like three or four years. I was like, so I'm going to have to wait that long until I am not stressed <laughs> about this all the time wondering. Cause like, I mean, there's so many times where like, like when I'm on a plane or when I'm like, like um things like that where like there's if it happens like i don't even have access to an ambulance i don't have access to like fixing it like i'm just in constant pain so like there i'll always be worried i think in times like that where there's no ability to get help so that will suck but there there's an 80 percent chance it'll work but i have been freaking myself out and then on top of that there's an if it does work uh so there was something else discouraging about it too. I don't know. So I'm just kind of being a Debbie Downer currently. I'm excited to still get it. I'm hoping that it works, but I'll just always, I'll always wonder if it did work. So yes, I understand that. Maybe maybe it'll be true that like at a certain point you'll realize, oh, I haven't been worried about that in a little while. You know what I mean? Like maybe over time you'll just kind of realize like, oh, that has lessened. That fear has lessened. Yeah, it's just going to take a while. So mm -hmm. I'll still be panicked on tour because I'll have only been oh, like a boy. week out of surgery. But I thought we were in the clear on that front. I did too. I'm really, I'm really not feeling it. But you know, we'll we'll find out the hard way, I guess. If an ambulance comes to the show, wouldn't be our first time. So you know, wouldn't be our first time. Would be our first time for us to be carted onto the ambulance. Wouldn't be yeah. the first time. It would be probably the third time an ambulance has appeared at one of our shows. <laughs> um, oh, it would be the third, right? Because that one third. time in Nashville. Mm -hmm. Nashville. And then Brooklyn. And then Brooklyn. And? Wherever I am. <laughs> God, everyone, if an ambulance does show up because of me, though, they're, everyone's going to know I have to take that stupid adenosine and I'm having like ah! a, a spiritual experience backstage. 
Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oy, oy, oy. I'll hold your hand. Anyway, why do you drink, Christine? Well, Emothy, I went into Starbucks. and I'll tell you what I drink first. I walked into a Starbucks and I saw this beautiful bejeweled cup. Yes. And I love an ombre and I'm just in like a pink phase lately, as you know. I'm just loving it's like the pink. Giving a little bisexual flag. Oh, I, see. I didn't even think about that. It's it is. I love that. Okay, so I went in and I was like, that cup. And it was like at the Target Starbucks and I was like, Oh my god, it's twenty five dollars, you kidding me? And then I went up to the front and I was like, How many rewards points do I have? And they were like, oh, we'll check if you have enough. And they were like, oh, you have enough to buy two of those. <laughs> I was <sighs> like, hell yeah. So I bought one, but I have nice. enough to buy another one if I ever need to. Um, but it's my new favorite cup. I just am drinking water out of it. But uh, I'm very into it. It's just this kind of aggressively. Like my mom came over and was like, what is that? And I was like, you know what? Don't diss my cup. Okay? I, uh, you know, I, I always forget about the points at Starbucks, which is so bad. I'm sure I've got like... Me too. That's why they were like, you could buy $50 worth of merchandise. I wonder if there's a time a timer on that because... I don't think I, so. Oh, all right. I well, really that works don't, out. Because I literally I'm, never redeem mine. I never redeem mine either because I always... Because I, I just never think about it. Me neither. Um, and hmm. so... And now you can do it... When you order ahead on the app, you can also uh, use your reward points for that. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. I'm learning. Uh, what are you're drinking water? In Just that. water. I'm being born. I drank a little too much wine last night. Oh, <laughs> but did you have fun? Oh, I had a great time. <laughs> Good. By myself while Blaze went to sleep early. Uh, no, here's what I'm doing. Okay, first of all, I want to give a quick shout out uh, to Lisa Lampanelli because she showed up at my house last week and it doesn't look like it right now. But do you remember that closet over there that was just like piles and piles of like crap? Yeah. And I remember because I tried I tried being Snoopy one time yeah, when yeah. you left me alone in your house and I couldn't even get through it. No, no. It's so much. She went through. She spent probably 18 to 20 hours just sorting my closets and she cleaned out. She took, I think, like. 12 giant boxes to Goodwill. She took stuff to the dump. She took stuff recycling. She went through my um, room over here and set up an entire like cricket space for my cricket machine. Oh my gosh. And all my shipping materials cleared out the entire hallway, then went down into our bedroom and into the closet. Remember how you were going to do that closet? That's just like a shit show of piles of stuff. Yeah. Cleared out the whole thing, like put the shoes in an organized bins. I mean, it's like one of those TV shows. Like I felt like I was on that TV show, the home edit, and she like labeled everything and there's like a box of cords, a box of like uh SD cards, camera equipment. It is I've spent more time in this freaking podcast room. Oh, and then she hung up all my pictures. She bought frames for everything. There was a whole pile of like stuff to be framed and she went and bought frames for everything. And then when I was at a soccer game with my brother and Blaze, I got home afterwards. She had just hung stuff up and she's like, you can move it, but I wanted to get it off the floor. And then she cleared out Blaze's office. I mean, this woman showed up for four days and we didn't see her for like the entire time. You know, she's pretty sprightly. Like I, I feel like every time... I've seen her. She's on the go. For She's something. always, and she always has her beverages, at least four beverages. She, she <laughs> it's just true. on the go with her to go cups, you know? I'm not, I feel like, I mean, I, I, it sounds like what she did was incredible, but I feel like you want me to be surprised, but this really is just like her vibe. She really just swoops in and is just helpful every just time I've ever in. met her. And she kept checking in like, hey, I don't want you to feel like I'm overbearing. And I'm like, no, I needed someone to come in and say like, 
keep donate, you know, keep donate, keep donate. And I just was like, I needed this because my mom and I have tried to clear it out, but we get too hung up on stuff and like, it's too personal. You know what I mean? And so she just came in and was like, didn't give, and I, every time I would like open a journal and I'd be like, let me read this to you. And she was like, put that down. It's not the time next object. And I was like, okay. I, Uh, I love, I love the feeling of a clean place. I've actually been on the move with that too. Granted, I don't have like a four story house. (laughs) not including the basement but um i i my tiny little apartment shockingly has a lot of no, shit but in it. apartments get so cluttered so cluttered i i remember your other apartment you're like your um when we first started the podcast and it looked really like it didn't look cluttered but the second you open a closet door oh, like, god it's it's all you have to hold everything exactly. in the home exactly and so uh, I just cleaned out my closet door. We had, did you ever watch the Friends episode where like, oh Monica, yeah, the closet, the, yep. the closet door, and it was just like a waterfalled out. Her secret. <laughs> Her secret. That's what my, uh, that's what my closet has looked like for a long time to a point where Allison and I, if we needed something from there, we would just give up on the project entirely. We were like, well, I'm not yep. opening the door. Yep. So, um, and now it's officially clean. Everything's got its own Beautiful. little, its own little bins, just like you, which is so funny because I just finished labeling a bin for cords as you say that so anyway i'm i'm very uh aware of the feeling of cleanse that must be over you right now you know the thing about it too is that like it's it's one of those feelings where you know i'm messy and i joke about it and like i have a trash pile and stuff i don't like to be that way it's just like i'm it's just adhd (laughs) yeah it might be i don't know what it is but it's some probably some sort of mental illness but i'm just like (laughs) a disaster and i just i'm so bad at organizing but i like things to be clean and i feel so much better mentally if things are clean and so having everything cleared out and just like organized and everything in sight so like i know Mm -hmm. what i have and what i don't the batteries are organized i was like this is life-changing and now what i do is if i like leave something out um then i say to myself what if lisa were watching what would lisa do wwld and i (laughs) go put it away and so i mean right here this is uh clearly very messy right now but i was just doing my my nails um Uh so uh, that's gonna go away i gotta tell you ll would be real pissed at you she's not gonna she's not gonna love it okay um but uh the other thing i'm the reason i'm drinking the reason i drank so much last night side note is because i'm planning leona's first birthday party and it is so extra i'm literally texting people including you around the nation to be like come (laughs) to this party because it's gonna be a blast and there's like several podcasters i'm inviting i'm just so amped about it it's gonna be a good time um what, so um, no pressure okay but yeah you're invited I, I think you said there was a succulent situation oh my god there's decorate your own succulents there's a photo booth there is a bar there's gonna be okay let me show you this here's the invitation happening? i'm gonna cover up my address for obvious reasons <laughs> thank you finally i know for once okay but look how cute the invite is oh she's a wild one yeah so we're gonna mail these out today um and no pressure because i know it's a big trip but i'm inviting everybody uh that i can think of okay good good, good. (laughs) um anyway that's all that's why i drink but i'm excited for my ghost story today oh thank you real quick what is this marco polo nonsense you keep sending me oh oops did you read it did you watch it i saw a is it a a pre-video that you sent me i don't know um I did tried... you send me it was a drawing of a penis 
<laughs> okay, I didn't know if you had seen it. Um, so is that an, what it was? It's an app, <laughs> and uh, I tried to send you a video of myself using the app for the first time. Apparently, it's like you leave video messages for people, so it's like FaceTiming, but you don't need to be like on the phone. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, hey, how are you? Uh, here's the, like, okay, here's the example. Oh, hey, what do you think of these merch options? I like this one, this one, this one. Okay, talk to you later. And then, like, later on, you can hop on anytime you're free and be, like, circle and be like, oh, I like this one and this one, too, but I don't like this one. Maybe we can, you know. And so Uh it's kind of like a a helpful little uh, tool for that. Gotcha. All I saw was you go, hi, and then you just drew a penis, and then the video (laughs) ended. Or you can do that. And Blaze was sleeping, and I was like, Blaze, say hi. And he was like, please get out of our room. Um, Eva texted and said that her friends are also on Marco Polo. Wait, see, that's what I'm saying is I keep hearing. Okay, Eva, I'm inviting you. We're also on Be Real. Uh, Christine has forced Eva and I to be on Be Real. Welcome to the club. Um, Really, uh, I don't know. It's fine. (laughs) I'm just inviting everybody. Well, did you see my post the other day with the alien no. I literally posted it for you. I posted my alien magnet poetry that you had given oh, me. Oh, yes, wrote I did. Are they straight or do they? The, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I'm just so glad. I'm relieved because I, I made that all for you. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, I appreciate it. So anyway, that's all. So let's do Marco Polo for fun. Um, I don't really, okay. really know it. what it is, but I feel like we're going to have a great time sure when Mm. when christine's having a good time we all better be having a good time (laughs) it's like me and slack i'm like this is our new reality join it (laughs) oh i hate slack i I know no don't be surprised i have complained about slack i know everyone else loves it and i'm the odd man out but i I think no one loves it except in our group because it finally lets eva take a breath every now and then that's the only reason i have not complained about it i've like or complained about it in a way where we need to stop doing it but i will keep complaining about it because well, my head just doesn't just freaking group chats and you would just we would just ignore them i know i know but and my head just doesn't work better with it. when we could just ignore them but you know what well i'm gonna marco polo you later about this yeah okay great i'll not look at it probably um (laughs) knowing my habits this podcast is brought to you by squarespace the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account if you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue then get started with squarespace's new feature squarespace courses squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com slash drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at progressive.com to see if you could save. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Okay. Well, this story today, Christine, is another one of those uh, episodes where I am convinced I covered it before, but apparently not, according Ooh. to the episode guide. I'm kind of one. I'm a g- gaslighting myself that like this that the episode guide I wrote is like not accurate or something because I keep thinking I've covered things and maybe I really haven't. But what is I don't it? know. It is the West Virginia or the Moundsville Penitentiary. That sounds really familiar, Em. Right. Hmm. Right. 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 And I wouldn't have covered it at a live show because we haven't been to West Virginia. Yeah, but maybe this is another thing where you were a guest on a show like Wine and Crime and you did it there. Maybe, but I like I even looked through my notes. I couldn't find the notes. Oh, maybe not. But then maybe I deleted the notes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing us, it could be any of the above. It could be in the recycle bin as we speak. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure someone will have something to say about it. So, you know, go ahead and let us know. Um but anyway, I am kind of, I guess, I guess we've never covered it. So here we go. If we Yay. have, here's a revisiting. <laughs> yeah, here, if we if we have, then like consider this just a follow up, you know? Yeah. I, and I, 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 prob- I feel like people are probably going to start getting annoyed being like, do they just like not check to see if they've covered no, a story do. before? I have. I just don't fucking, I don't see proof of it I wherever like it is. I they're going to be annoyed like you didn't cover it. Just cover it. Okay, you know well, then I mean? here we go. Okay. And if if I've covered it before and it really irks you that badly, then go, to, you know, listen to I another like episode. I feel like no one's going to be irked. We're just, we're just over paranoid. You know what I mean? Probably so. Okay, so here we go. Uh, Moundsville is uh, in northwest West Virginia. Okay. Northwest West Virginia. Mm-hmm. It felt a little head, shoulders, knees, and toes there. It but... did. <laughs> but I'm following. I am. Yeah. Okay. So it's by the Ohio River. It's two and a half hours north of Point Pleasant, which hey. is Mothman's home. That's right. Uh, and the town is named after burial mounds that 2,000 years ago were built by the Adena community. Adena? Mm. Adena community? Um, but only one Fun fact, not really fun. Uh, only one of those burial mounds exists today. So mm-hmm. it's called the Grave Creek Mound. And uh, that's the only burial mound left. And even though it technically exists, it's been messed with and excavated probably um, in a not so tasteful way sure. over the years. And items have been taken from the mound and put into uh, a lot of museums. So cool. Great. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It also happens this the last burial mound to exist in this town from this indigenous community thousands of years ago happens to sit directly across from this penitentiary. Okay. So obviously people then use the horrible trope that mm-hmm. uh, this is why the penitentiary is so haunted because... You right, know, it couldn't be because it's a freaking penitentiary. <laughs> right, it must because, be because of this uh, cultural difference we can't understand. Exactly. There you go. So anyway, just wanted to give that a shout out in case um you read up on it and see like oh it's on a Native American Native American burial ground and, and it's that like must um, mean yeah you're right it's like actually there are uh, we like, could have also caused the ghosts folks <laughs> like mm-hmm. okay so anyway. 
that is my little soapbox that I'm now stepping down from. So in 1876, the penitentiary was open and it stayed open until... That's the year my house was built. Sorry. (laughs) Cool. uh... (laughs) I'm sorry. Every time someone says that, I'm like, I like to think of it in context, like... Oh, how weird that they were being built at the same time. No, I got I you. I, I would have done the, I would have shouted the exact same really stuff. It's random, but. Also, I didn't know your house. That means someone was building your house during the centennial. That's fun. Oh, I never thought about that, but you're a hundred percent right. All of a sudden, like George Washington is just walking around your house in my mind, which I cool. know is so stupid. I know that's so stupid, but that's how my brain is. 1876. This was the year that Christine's house was built and also the penitentiary <laughs> opened. And the penitentiary uh, ran until 1995. Do you have any special dates from 1995? I had a fourth birthday and it was probably fun, but I don't remember it. What year was Andy born? 93? 93. Okay, never mind. I thought it would have been funny if you like forgot. that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there was something else important that year. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> So this penitentiary, if you've ever seen a picture of it, it's got very spooky castle vibes. It's got like that that gothic revival situation going on. And when they built it, it went about 25 feet tall originally. Um, now, it's, now it's even more castle But at the time, it started at 25 feet tall, and it went five feet underground to avoid escapees. Oh, Okay. Which, like, I hate the concept of, like, building something that you know people are going to try to yeah, escape out it's of. disturbing. So, uh, we also see this a lot, especially in that time. I know I've talked about it with, uh, I think it's the old Charleston jail. Um, there's another jail. I'm, I don't want to look silly and say the wrong name. But I feel like I've covered this a few times now where this prison, including those that I've mentioned in the past, um, <clears throat> they were built by the the original prisoners themselves mm-hmm. just to add to the torture of like mm-hmm. building a wall around yourself. Uh, again, just like other buildings of this time period that I've covered, it seems several times at this point, this building was meant to be a self-sustaining city. Aha. Uh-huh. So it had its own bakery, its own library, its own farm, its own hospital. Eventually it had its own coal mine. And so it was meant to be like a, its own society and like a reforming kind of a place like everything stays inside yeah at the time it was reforming it at the time it was um like the newest of new with like it had like it was technically like an occupational therapy of like Uh you're uh you're not just going for the punishment you're going to become a different person theory i understand but it seems to never quite work out how they intended never works out it's it's supposed to be like this like like utopia of a prison Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh you know the the prisoners themselves work and earn and all this stuff and it's a place to reinvent yourself i guess but it just never goes well it never goes well um for example of course uh this was supposed to be a good thing but just like every one of these setups i've covered before there always seems to be a significant amount of abuse which I'm not surprised by because if you're making this a this little city or this setup where nothing goes in and nothing goes out, no one's going to ever hear about abuse right. that's going on behind the walls. Where's the oversight? Yeah. Exactly. So one version of the abuse was that the local townspeople could come into this jail and rent prisoners for forced oh, labor. Oh, Lord. I think that happened in the Missouri jail you talked about. I think so. Also, the Eloise Asylum, I think, was something like that. Oh, my like gosh. That. Oh, my gosh. 
Um, that one was a actual a hospital, not a prison. I don't think, mm. but it was it, it had very similar. I kept thinking back to the Eloise Asylum as I was covering this. Um, but so yeah, the townspeople could basically uh, force labor on these prisoners. So I don't know if you're picking up on the slavery elements here, mm. but let me remind you that this penitentiary opened only two years after the Civil War ended, and oh, we're boy. in West Virginia. Oh boy. And uh, not only is it two years after the Civil War ended, but it's two years after West Virginia abolished slavery, but we're now they now saw renting a person out for free labor was uh, a step up, I guess, because yeah, it like, wasn't technically this slavery. Okay. This part's yeah. okay. Yeah. It's like, can, can we all agree that this is fine? Oof, that's not good. So that was just one way that um, the prisoners were suffering. Uh, also, there was... Uh, the woman's wing, which I feel like I've also covered this in a lot of old timey jails, mm-hmm. is that the woman's wing was always considered a a better environment and the quality of life wasn't as terrible. But I still don't totally know what that means. Like there could have still been rats and disease and you know what I mean? But it was yeah. maybe it was more spacious. And so now it's just like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's all it took and probably more spacious because there were less women going to prison. Right. That was the only reason why. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so the woman's wing was said to be more comfortable, but who knows what that means. Yeah. Uh, the conditions throughout the jail were pretty darn terrible. Um, health conditions were terrible. Disease was rampant. The cells were about four by seven. And even though this is already bad that they expected two people to share a four by seven cell, three people were usually shoved into each cell. Ugh. Um, like I said, disease was killing, uh, them in droves. Plus suicides were very common. Um, no prisoners were safe from the abuse from the system or the staff, but especially they weren't safe from other inmates. Mm. In fact, the Department of Justice called West Virginia Penitentiary or Moundsville one of the most violent prisons in the U.S. Oh, boy. Only, uh, what was it? Only 36 homicides are officially documented at this prison. But realistically, it's probably a much bigger number considering this jail is over a hundred years old and it was right. one of the most violent prisons. I don't think and only like 36 people died. Clearly not documenting the abuse that goes on. So what would motivate them to document the abuse that leads to death? That kind of thing. Bingo, bango, Christine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, not- <laughs> sometimes I know a thing or two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like in 1876, your house was built. That I was know something you knew real two good. Two facts. <laughs> <laughs> what, how, what year was your mom's house built? That you, the one you grew up in? Uh, 1862 or 1860 something. Um, wow, and we so saw you- it, it was later, but then we, uh, we, one of our listeners who I've tried to reach out to, but I think she's e- either over me or changed her email address. I don't know, but she like worked in, uh, 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 I, historic library that's not right like where they have all the old the archives archives archival stuff and so she was able to help me look like backtrack my mom's house and when it turns out it was built like i think 20 or 30 years before like our paperwork says it was so oh kind of cool and i tried to reach out to her to help me track down information on my house but i think she's She's moved on. I don't know where she is or what she's doing, but she's she... probably like this random person is trusting me with all their personal addresses. 
It's probably okay. not a safe person to I become friends her. with. She was she was a professional in this field, and so I was like, I will pay you to do this, but I oh. don't know. I don't know. Uh, she might not do it anymore, or who knows? I but see. anyway, um, if you do know somebody and you're not a murderer, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> what a caveat that you just have to blindly trust just someone in case. on. <laughs> well. I wish you the best of luck to find out more information. I would love to know more information on my mom's house too. Isn't that fun to like be able to look back? I don't know. I love that history. Well, history I'd like to know the ghosts, like how'd they get there? Cause we were, we built our house. So, right. so on the land, what was there? So Ooh, what happened? Yeah. They I think there might've been a farmhouse there before us. And that's, <gasps> I know that doesn't make it better. Find out. Okay. Who do you listen? Who, where are you? My friend who helped me with the other house. I don't want to say. Oh, I thought you meant me. I was like, I'm right fucking here. Are you kidding me? Um, Yeah, wherever that person is, help us. Remember yesterday when we were recording rituals and you your camera froze and I said, "Oh, I didn't know where you went." And you went, "Oh, I'm right here." I was like, "Okay, I know where you are. I just mean I didn't know where you went because you froze." I was trying to calm you down. Don't worry, I'm right here. I was like, "Well, yeah, I did figure that out." I also <laughs> definitely said it more frantically. I was like, I'm right here. I'm right here. And you were like, I know. That part I did figure out since you've been there for the last hour. Anyway, sorry. Go go on. Go on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Side note. Uh, um, where were we? The homicides. No. So, oh, oh, good. The So the rec room in this prison was called the Sugar Shack. Oh. And it was known to be the most one of the most violent rooms in this prison. So it was known to be a place where people got jumped pretty often. Mm. So um, just to tack on, there was only 36 official recorded deaths or murders here. Um, but in the Sugar Shack, I'm sure there was a lot of trauma, whether or not someone actually died. I think sure. a lot of people got hurt here. Sure. Um, on top of the violence from the inmates, the guards were known to torture the prisoners. And by that, I mean, like, really torture them. Um, they even had torture equipment. No, uh, no, no. One of one of them was called the Kicking Jenny for whipping. <sighs> Fuck. And one was called the Shoe Fly for waterboarding. <gasps> And there was also a state-sponsored program to treat particularly violent inmates uh, called Operation Ice Pick. <gasps> Forget it. And Operation Ice Pick was ran by a literal traveling lobotomy surgeon. Fucking na- hell no. Named Walter Freeman, Dr. Walter Freeman. Oh my and God. in 1952 alone, just to give you some of his stats... In 1952 alone, Dr. Freeman did over 200 lobotomies in West Virginia in two weeks. In two In two weeks, he did over 200 lobotomies. Four. Forget about it. I don't know if that was all at Moundsville or just like in the county or something, but I hate that he was able to probably make bank off of like such a horrible thing. Like rack up those numbers. Like, oh, Gross. I feel like if you couldn't imagine an operation being performed on you, you shouldn't be allowed to perform the operation. <laughs> I don't know if that's even a fair uh, thing to say. <laughs> I think nobody should have it. But I just I imagine the the lobotomy surgeon like doing that to so many people. And part of me is like, I just want that to happen to you. Just so you fucking know what you're doing to people. And yeah. Like, splitting ugh. their brain in half. Via tear duct, probably. Ah! Right? Is yep. that how they did it? Oh, yeah. They put the ah. ice pick right in your tear duct. Yeah, go, take back what Whoop. I said. Nobody, sh- nobody should want to do anything. Don't that. stick that in your eye, you know. Ah, okay. So, anyway, that is just one of the other ways they tortured them. Where like, if you were violent enough, or like realistically, because we don't know what was going on behind these walls, like 
if just someone didn't fucking like you and like they yeah. had power, they would just like sign you up for Operation Ice Pick, you know? Oh, so like, God. like if there was a guard who was particularly evil. Oh God. Okay. Moving on quickly. Move on. Uh, as for death row, there were 94 men that were executed. <gasps> Um, and it's time. 85 of them were by hanging and nine were by electrocution. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. The last man here to be executed, his name was Frank Heyer. Um, he was uh, being executed for killing his wife and he blamed alcohol for that. Mm, and great, 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 great. He was meant to be hanged, but on the way down, the rope decapitated him. <gasps> I don't know how that works. No, I guess it just was just really tight or pulled his head off Maybe yeah he was heavier than i don't know maybe than the rope I, was able to hold i don't know the the physics of that but, but. so um even creepier witnesses claim to see him smiling in the gallows on the way to his death ew uh they say he was religious so maybe he was smiling because he was about to like meet his maker i guess but um but yeah that's definitely super creepy mm-hmm and this was one of the executions, actually, because his went so horribly wrong, which, like, I don't know what a right version to an execution on sure. death row is, but it definitely went not as planned. Right. Uh, and this was one of the final moves in the area to end public executions in the state. Oh. Um, because it was just... Probably because it was too troubling for, you know, people who were picnicking at right. the hanging to watch. And they were like, That's... this is a little much for the children. We That's just exactly like the normal it. hangings that don't decapitate people, you know? You're totally right. They probably only moved to end it because it was troubling for others. For everybody not... to watch. Right. You're right. Oh, God. Which is why after that, executions just became private. Oh, so... good. Yes, you're good. Just behind closed doors, you know? So on to the ghosts. We've got uh, quite a lot to focus on here today. Is that so, smile? Is that smiling mofo there? Because I'm scared of him. <laughs> I'm so scared um, of him. <laughs> I don't know about any ghosts that smile in the shadows. Okay. But All right. I don't know. I you know I I doubt there isn't some sort of dark energy by the gallows. You know, probably. And if you saw one of them smiling, maybe you can <laughs> guarantee it was Frank. I don't know. Forget it. Boy, and so in 1938, there was one guy um, that was on death row here named Orville Atkins, and he was supposed to be hanged, but the noose, what, this is like, this keeps happening. The, he didn't get decapitated, but the noose wasn't secure enough on his neck, so when they dropped him, he slipped out and he hit the ground 20 feet below. And he was injured, but the executioner just grabbed him and brought him back up to the top no. and rehanged him. That's the thing when they do it over again. Like, yeah. oh god. It's like technically do I get to stay alive now because Yeah, did like, I pass? Did I like escape death? No, you ugh. just have to do it again. Ugh. Yeah, it's awful. Um anyway, so now at the North Wagon Gate, which is the entrance to the gallows, people hear footsteps and feel someone staring at them. And they say it's probably Orville. I feel like it could be anyone who died on the gallows. Mm -hmm. um, it could even be like the spirit of the executioner oh, for yeah. like, I imagine like having to like stay in some sort of limbo for what he did on earth or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Or just the general energy of so many people dying there. And so anyway, usually it's attributed or to or the what? native American burial ground. Oh yes. <laughs> oh yes. You're right. You're right. Uh, but anyway, some people attribute it to Orville. I think it could be anyone that just yeah. feels like a place destined to be haunted. 
Which is another weird thing when I think of like building a prison around you. Imagine building a gallows and knowing like, oh, this place will be haunted one day. Like just you'd, you'd have to know. Yeah. Uh, there's another story of a freelance video tech who was, uh, I guess, doing some sort of job there. And every night that he was working in this penitentiary in the North Hall, he would hear rattling and banging. And Goodbye. he, if he ever had to go near there, he would sprint in and out. He like did not want to be there at all. Mm. And while there, since he was the video tech, he started recording certain areas of the prison and all the audio would always apparently come out sounding like a man heavily panting right next to the camera. Oh, to my be God. fair, it could have been him sprinting yeah, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, no, I'm way more in shape than that. <laughs> Couldn't be me. Could not be me. Uh, it could have just been me going up like a stair it and like <laughs> losing my breath. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, he said it felt like something was always following him in those halls when he was working there. And he claims that the entity even followed him back to New York after his gig or jig. Oh, no. it's j- <laughs> All right. <laughs> Apparently chip coffee. Someone tweeted at me saying chip coffee said the jig is up. And I was like, you know what? That's I knew he and I had something in common. What is wrong with you? The jig is not a gig. The jig, like the <laughs> dance, like the. Yeah, it's like, up. Oh, my God, Christine. Okay. <laughs> I can't tolerate you. (laughs) Okay. Here's another ghost. His name is R.D. Wall. And he was apparently jumped by prisoners who thought he was a snitch to guards. And there's no proof of it. I think they really just saw him like laughing next to a guard and they just assumed he was giving them intel or something. So on his way down to the bath, uh, to the basement one day, um he got jumped by people and so now he haunts the bathroom and boiler room next to the basement did he die he died yeah oh shit um he was jumped after coming down the basement uh so people now hear footsteps coming down the basement stairs and sometimes if you're far away enough people even report hearing his voice oh god um some even claim to have seen him in the basement like as an apparition and he's wearing a khaki uniform and he vanishes away but sometimes he doesn't have his head oh i don't know what that means because i think his head was always intact when in yeah maybe they're mixing him up with that guy who got hanged and lost his head maybe he doesn't have his head maybe he just got lost he just doesn't know what place he's haunting you know maybe but um but yeah so at least one apparition doesn't have its head and i I mean i would bet it's that guy from but you know what do i know uh, either way the people at least see uh someone in a khaki uniform and i guess that was rd well oh i see either way a head or no head i don't if it vanished in front of me which you have now experienced um that i don't know if i would want to be a part of that at all regardless of the head placement politely step step aside you know just yeah step back from the whole situation i agree Mm. Um, also, so they use R.D. Wall in this example, uh, but I think this is just kind of all the spirits of inmates, but apparently R.D. Wall was a very big fan of female visitors, um, and and he still is. So a lot of women who go into this jail will feel someone stroking their hair or touching their face and their neck. Uh, one woman decided to actually talk back to the spirits. I guess maybe they were coming on to her mm. and uh later she was covered in scratch marks <gasps> ew. Yeah. Ew, ew, ew so again they say rd wall is the one that's a fan of women visiting but i feel like in a prison where men probably didn't see women a lot it could be any 
ghost there. Right, right, right. So anyway, if you're a woman visiting this penitentiary, good luck to you. Um, and also don't talk back, which is awful to have to warn you about, but you might get covered in scratches. Mm. So, you know, do whatever you need to do for yourself, but I'm also giving you the warning now. Warning. Uh, here's something super duper creepy too, is, uh, a lot of the spirits will drain your energy and people's moods have changed inside of these walls. Uh, one paranormal investigator actually felt super annoyed and, uh, assumed that like their energy was being drained or manipulated by someone. So they took a picture in the room that they were in and they later saw a mist sitting in the chair next to her. Ew, 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 ew. And uh, I guess around the same time also got an EVP of a man's voice screaming, let me out. (gasps) Gross. Um, Another time on one tour, this is like the nicest thing I have to say in all of these notes. (laughs) Uh, On one tour, there was a group of women who were doing an EVP session and they said, uh, oh, is there anything you want to say? We're about to head out. Anything you want to say? And they got an EVP of a man saying, no, have a nice night. (laughs) Oh, that's Which, lovely. Like, that feels safe. That, that feels part, like yeah. respectful. Yeah. Um, okay. So moving on quickly uh, and with a sharp left turn, <laughs> the, women have also gotten EVPs of someone calling them a whore. Okay. Um, well, they've heard uh, banging on cell bars. They've been called, uh, you know, random words like that. Although there are some men, uh, male ghosts who I guess try to do the cat calling thing instead. And so people, will get EVPs uh, when a woman's in the room of a male voice saying, like, I love you, or, you know, trying to be Ew. all gross and syrupy sweet. Mm-hmm. Gross. Uh, this is my favorite because I feel like I could I could have gotten this on an investigation. One investigator was complaining that he had to bring equipment upstairs, and he... <laughs> <laughs> and they got an EVP of someone saying, I'll fucking carry it up the stairs then. Oh! <laughs> and then they floated up to the top (laughs) (laughs) with or without a head Uh, Um, other evps have included threats including one evp that someone said kill 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 do it now oh jesus not a fan of that forget it yeah uh in the kitchen there's a shadow man who you can guess what he looks like um and he shows up to people either in real life or even if other people can see him in real life, you might not see him until after the tour in pictures. Oh, spooky. which I love and hate. I kind of, ha- I hate it maybe a little more because it means someone was able to see him in real time, but he intentionally wanted you to not know where he was or like, yeah, he, that's not good. It's not like, Oh, he can't appear in person. It's like he can, but he chose not to. Ugh. He, he wanted you to not know where he was. And only later he wanted you to be freaked Ooh, out. By him. I just got goose cam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like that. So if you see him in real life, the shadow man is seen walking through a room, um, but he has no feet. That's fun. (laughs) I guess he's floating around. Slightly less terrifying than the no head, I would argue. Slightly less terrifying. Also, how many people have noticed he doesn't have feet for it to officially be reported? That's good. That's a good point. Uh. But yeah, so apparently he walks in a way where, like, it's very obvious he's walking, like, not floating or taking strides. He's taken steps, but he's Mm -hmm. got no feet. Um, And pictures, uh, he, I guess, is also seen in the room, but pictures have never been able to be replicated by investigators. Oh, okay. 
So just like him, shadow people in general are shadows and footsteps are all very common everywhere on the property. I don't even want to list all the rooms because just assume the whole penitentiary is riddled with it. <laughs> um, but people also hear running water in the medical ward, um, usually where the ice baths ice baths were drawn oh another form of torture um <gasps> and people also report feeling like they walked through a bunch of cobwebs like something's <gasps> crawling on them that's no good i hate that because no. i feel like that means someone just like like just it feels like you walk you. through somebody or or something yeah. like a spirit or something Blech. or a spider yeah or a spider. i don't know which is worse, which is worse? <laughs> Uh, there was one paranormal group called Ghost Hunters Bluegrass. Ooh, is that a Kentucky Kentucky it's, group? Maybe. It's just Zach Bagans with a straw hat. Oh. Um, <laughs> and a fiddle. And, a <laughs> and they tried to get a picture of the Shadow Man. And this is probably my favorite story of, of this whole topic. But uh, they tried to get a picture of the Shadow Man. And as they were trying to get a picture of him, all of a sudden, all of them heard in real time sirens in the jail as if a prison break was about to happen <gasps> like that loud in your face like riot sirens that and would be terrifying they started freaking out so they looked out the nearest window and they saw the watchtower they saw its lights hitting the <gasps> ground and like searching the searching the grounds and then oh, before they no. knew what was going on everything stopped honestly and when they went Nightmare. And when they went when they went to ask about it later, nobody else experienced this in the building. It was just them. What the fuck? Is that not the craziest? I would just scare like, the absolute bejesus out of me. Yeah. Total same. goose cam. Total yeah. goose cam. Uh one guide here actually used to be a corrections officer um at the jail when it was open. So that's kind of cool. He has the uh the intel, the first person accounts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh co turned guide said that there used to be an inmate named red who was stabbed to death in his cell and she said you could still feel the anger and the energy in his cell when you would walk by and people have been pushed and grabbed in there and one time this now tour guide uh she was walking by his cell and heard in red's voice morning mags Ooh! and apparently like he said that every morning and without even thinking about it out of habit she just went morning red and right and she said right back to him and then she felt something touch her neck ew ew Mm. that i bet wasn't part of the original experience that was not supposed to be that was not supposed to be so one tour guide uh also literally had a conversation with a guy he thought was uh, on his tour until the guy (gasps) vanished in front of him I can't imagine. Okay, well, so was, was this like a former inmate who was like, I guess I'll take the tour to see what this is all about. Yeah. They might as well tell us what's going on. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of appreciate that. I feel like you might as well know what they're saying about you. I guess you know? that's fair. Yeah. Uh, but also like, ew, that now every time I go on a ghost tour, I like, Look I around. keep going to do a head check every you day. You know, we've had those stories, I think for listeners episodes where people are like, oh yeah, there was a little kid there and then like holding my hand or whatever. And then, um, you or know. the Alamo, there's like a little boy who will like go on yeah, the tour pl- with you and play and like, with the other kids. Yeah, and he'll or there's like yeah, it's like a teenage boy who I guess he would have been fighting, and he'll tell them like the actual stories of what happened and how Ugh. he died. And Ugh. then at the end, they're like, "Oh, what about that little kid?" And everyone's like, "There wasn't a little kid on the tour." Ah, <sighs> I beg forget to about it. Forget about it. 
Um, other former employees of the prison have said that they got so used to seeing ghosts, even when they worked there, they were so used to seeing ghosts that they stopped paying attention to shadows whenever they were in their offices. <laughs> oh, no. Which lets you know that this place was haunted when it was an active prison, too. True, true. Um, but yeah, can you imagine seeing so many shadow figures? It doesn't even phase you anymore. Yeah, you're like that. Small potatoes. Yeah, you're like, whatever. Just Show me ghost. something actually scary. Well, they were saying like uh, during like lockdowns when like nobody was walking anywhere, they'd still see people walking up and down the halls and they wouldn't even think about it. They wouldn't even think, oh, that's a prisoner on the loose. Forget Which, it. Which now I'm kind of not surprised if there was ever an escape attempt. They were like, let's just pretend we're a shadow figure. They'll never notice. They'll you know? never know. <laughs> Uh, several places are considered hotspots in this prison, but everyone can agree that the sugar shack is probably one of the bigger ones. Um, in that room, it causes a lot of people to feel their residual energy and have their energy drained or have their energy manipulated. Um, so people have reported feeling depressed, rage, terror, violent desires, and Ooh. suicidal ideation. <gasps> That's um, dangerous. And as soon as they leave the room, they're back to normal. But the visitors have like admitted that when they were in there, they wanted to kill even the people that they came on the what tour with. What the F? No, no, no. Which, like, I never want to go there with you now because I feel like you'd take one look at me and be like, I, sh- <laughs> like I should have killed you years You're ago. You're done. <laughs> uh, one time a visitor got an EVP uh, and the EVP said, I see a cop. She's a cop. And the girl taking the EVP was an officer. No. Oh, so they just, like, knew? Ew. Yeah. Isn't that so weird? They like, I don't know if they know something about you innately or does that mean they've like, they can take a look at you and know your entire life up until that moment? Or or did they, could they just tell by the way that she was dressed or like, you know what I mean? Like maybe she had something on her that maybe I kind of wonder, I kind of wonder like if ghosts, if time is irrelevant, I wonder if they have the ability to like, if since they're a soul, they can see your soul and see like your entire Mm. life story. Well, that would and, be like, terrifying in that, in that moment, right? Because they've got eternity. They could probably just do it all in like a, a the blink of an eye and just be like, oh, I know everything about you now. I, it freaks me out. Don't like it. So um, she got an EVP that said, I see a cop. And then later on the tour, she was walking by a cell and felt an invisible someone spit on her. <gasps> because they must have known she was a cop, too. Whoa. Uh probably the the creepy one of the creepiest ones i've got for you and this is where i'll end it even psychics and mediums have obviously had experiences here but there's one psychic in particular who next to one of the cells she felt like she was being choked and then when they went to the sugar shack she saw demons in the sugar shack and she described them as looking like (laughs) this is a quote dark red mucus covered frogs without any back legs dragging themselves on the floor i don't want to know that i'll say it again for people because what the fuck dark red mucus covered frogs without any back legs dragging themselves on the floor like what you can't i could never come up with that forget it without back legs dragging themselves that's horrific if that weren't enough she said that a dark mist at this penitentiary attached to her and temporarily followed her home and lived in her daughter's closet (gasps) 
It's <laughs> a new sound. Uh, that was a new sound. Uh, I don't know what to think. I don't she know. Said, she said when it came home with her, the family began hearing a baby crying in the house, but it didn't sound totally human. Forget it. I'm telling you. Forget and so it. And it's a they, fucking mucusy frog. Ugh. Yep. And so eventually... I'm just going to hope that this advice is universal, but the psychic said that they just ignored it and eventually it went away. So um, that's what I I need to maybe do if there's ever something nearby. Just ignore it and hopefully I it'll just, just go away. I just feel like you need to know that I, of course, immediately Googled this and there is a demon called Baal or Baal, uh, which presents as a frog, cat, and man combined almost. Ugh. Um, and it possesses the power of invisibility and it rules over six legions of demons. <laughs> Holy shit. I don't like this at all. Oh and I, I probably shouldn't even be saying it out loud, but there is a creepy photo, an illustration that I'm going to send you now, since you've done this to me. Okay. Um, I'm going to do this back to you. So, in the chat or Geo's yeah, Trio? Uh, I'll do it in Geo's Trio. And, uh, this is the sigil. Oh, that is also part spider and we're not talking about it. Oh, yeah. I was thinking like it drags itself. I don't know. And then the the sigil almost looks like a frog, doesn't it? A little bit. Yeah. Oh, that's so weird. It's called Baal. Baal. However to get that energy out of my home, I goodbye. (laughs) However (laughs) to get it out of my home. Whatever Christian, Jewish, anything. I just, I need you out. Goodbye. I'm literally just Googling Baal demon now, which is just the stupidest thing I've ever done. Oh my gosh. You've put me on this track and I don't know what to tell you, but I don't like the mucusy frog. I don't like it. I need, <sighs> well, that's it for me. Um, that's the Moundsville Penitentiary folks. <laughs> anyway. Um, wow. And that was spooky as hell. I, I know that like they're, you know, the, the common ones or the trope or whatever, but I freaking love just like the classic hauntings, like the classic jail you know, I love a jail, haunted house. I, I love a love hospital. Yeah. I love a, I mean, but also, I mean, like how sad, but that's usually where most deaths happen, right. like a concentrated amount of deaths happen. So, and bad just, energy and bad energy too, which sucks. I, where was it? There was something, I forget where it is, but it's, it, it, I don't remember what it was to begin with, but half of it is, it's in our book. Um, Fun fact, if you want to go find it, Asylum 49 or Asylum 94. But it's uh, half the building is literally a jump scare Halloween place. And the other half is like still a hospital. Oh. And both of them are haunted by the same spirits. And so they'll like hop around. Um, And one of them, there's like a dark shadow figure that at 3 a.m. or whatever, a lot of nurses have seen like this solid black mass go into a patient's room like open the door and then close it and when they try to open the door it's now locked from the inside and within like 30 minutes the patient's dead no 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 and it happens in threes so if they see it happen one time they know it's going to happen another oh, two for times for god's sake em that's terrifying that's awful Oy. also well i go read our book i was gonna say <laughs> oh i thought you were talking to me i was like okay fine i'll read it <laughs> no i was about to like keep going but there's even more to it so uh anyway that is the moundsville penitentiary if i've covered it before i feel like i feel like i have because i remember hearing the sound the 
it, 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 two of my brain cells finally rubbed together when I covered, <laughs> uh, when I said like the, the torture device, the kicking Jenny, I feel like I've heard that. But before. we've probably talked about that in a different, like that was probably not just here. I, I don't know, but I'm sure someone will let us know. But anyway, that, that's it. That's wow, it. wow, 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 wow. Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, um, um... Thanks a lot for that. You're welcome. Uh, I have a story for you today, and this is actually a two-parter. <gasps> Christine. Done, which means, you know, it's a big one. This is the story of Glenn Taylor Helzer and the Children of Thunder. Sorry. All I'm thinking of is Thor, but okay. The Children of Thunder. Yeah, not quite Thor, but um, maybe there shame. are some similarities. I wouldn't know, obviously, <laughs> so you can tell me. Uh, just, to keep, just to keep spirits high for one last second, I will say in the most recent Thor, he, uh, he gives his powers to children, and so it's like he, they become 
Children of Thunder or whatever. Oh, I bet that's a much more um, uplifting version of this story. It was it was the last fun thing I'll probably have to say for the rest of the episode. So excellent. Um, if you Google, I was wondering if you Google it. Yeah, it is only about this crime uh, cult. It's not really about Thor. So um, right. Well, I'm, it's, it was the the movie was Thor: Love and Thunder, and then he like fights with children. It's like it's like so there's anyway. love here too. There is. There was a little bit of love, and now. In in this version you're about to tell, it's, it's not a complete opposite. No, nope. complete opposite. No. Nope. Okay. <sighs> Children All right. of Thunder. Here we go. Okay. Glenn Taylor Helzer was born July 26, 1970, in Michigan. Um, mm-hmm. His parents, Jerry and Karma Helzer, were highly spiritual members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, the LDS Church. He was, and I feel like we've covered several branches off of. LDS that have turned bad. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, yes. And I'm watching that uh, Keep Sweet, you know, docu-series. Oh, yeah. oh, so spooky. So he was raised in a devout Mormon household along with his younger sister, Heather, and his younger brother, Justin. His grandfather, Doyle, led the family in prayers and scripture readings, and he often spoke of the time that Jesus Christ himself physically manifested in their yard. What? This is a grandfather. He's telling his grandkids, like, Jesus one time literally showed up in our yard and we spoke for hours. It's like, wow, you must be pretty damn special if Jesus spent an hours talking to you, you know. And I, let me guess, this happened before any of the grandchildren or children were born, so there's no proof of there's this. There's no proof of this, mm-hmm. uh, of course. But so Glenn grew up in this very faithful, uh, you know, highly respected family among the church. Um, He was highly active in the church and he actually became a priest at age 16, which gave him the authority to baptize people and perform other holy sacraments. Whoa. Yeah. Starting young. Uh, Yeah. He he was almost like a golden child of, of the church of their local church. Soon after this, he received a patriarchal blessing, uh, which is a sacred blessing granted by a man in the church called to guide and bless others. And according to one LDS website, quote, those who follow the council in their patriarchal blessing will be less likely to go astray or be misled. Foreshadowing, (sighs) that's not true. (laughs) <laughs> yeah okay misled well, is one word for how this this person ends up i feel like they were immediately misled with this jesus is in our backyard situation <laughs> yeah. to be clear yeah he didn't start on like a solid footing <laughs> you know of of reality and logic i guess yes um so around this time glenn told his parents he was hearing voices and this is where you know this gets a little bit tough uh to kind of pick apart because in retrospect um it's entirely possible he was experiencing symptoms of psychosis um and you know he was at that age uh you know young impressionable um had his whole life ahead of him he's probably in his like late teens and he starts hearing voices and i just want to point out here even though this guy does end up um as we said going astray so to speak you know i just want to point out this isn't because Oh, he had psychosis and therefore, obviously, um, he was going to harm people. You know, people suffering from psychosis are far more likely to be victims of violence mm-hmm. than perpetrators. So I just want to, you know, point that out sure. um, that I recognize that. And according to a 2011 study on schizophrenia and public perception, people with schizophrenia are 
up to 14 times more likely to be victimized than arrested for violence. So, you know, there's this public perception that people can be dangerous. People with mental illness, especially severe mental illness, are dangerous. And um, a lot of times they end up being more vulnerable than the people around them. So, Well, thank you for the PSA. Just a little side note, you know. Um, And I'm sure we all already know that, but I just wanted to point out that I recognize that. And, you know, that's what partially why this story is a little tough. So despite the stigma, uh, hearing voices was not Glenn's main issue. His real problem was his mother and their church. So his mom, Karma, told him the voices were the literal voice of God and were guiding him. So instead of kind of recognizing this as uh, the you know, the appearance of a mental illness, she sort of encouraged him to listen to these voices. And she truly believed Glenn had a sacred spiritual destiny. Um, He began calling the voices spirit and he believed every word they said. Hmm. Um, And she became utterly obsessed with her son and his gifts. She, to the point that (laughs) she told her other children to obey Glenn's every word (gasps) and trust him without question. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. So he was just put into this bad. He was in a vulnerable state and put into a very bad position, as were his siblings. Yeah. Uh, uh, Glenn even told his brother uh, frequently, I'm number one. You're number two. Like, you have to listen to me. I was going to say, like, think about the, like, (laughs) the ego trip that this guy's got. Like, of just like, oh, well, I have been given. you chosen. I've been given permission to lead you blindly, like completely mm-hmm. by faith. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And, and, and the voice of God is the one, like God has picked me to lead you. So you got to listen, you know? God. Okay. So she was obsessed with Glenn and his gifts. She essentially played into his delusions. I mean, understandably they were amplified because he was believing everything he was hearing because his mom encouraged him to Mm -hmm. listen to the voices. Uh, He became highly self-important, speaking of, you know, ego, and truly believed he was chosen by God to travel a sacred path that no one else could. He even left high school that same year and basically earned his diploma independently because he wanted to pursue his role as a spiritual leader. This was like his new path. Wow. Despite this, Glenn seemed to keep it together, at least outwardly, through his teenage years. Um, Family members described him as kind, respectful, full of excitement. I mean, he probably truly believed that he was on this, like, sacred path. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And so he looked at it as, like, oh, there's so much ahead of me. I, you know, I'm empowered. And he was in generally good spirits. One of Glenn's cousins said, he was like my mentor. A lot of people wanted to be like him. And Glenn's aunt, who once took her young children camping with him, said he was gentle with wildlife and insects and, quote, he taught my son to have respect for nature, which is very sweet. So, like, obviously, you know, at the core, yeah, at the core, Glenn is like a loving, you know, caring person. Um, And again, retrospectively, it seems like he was probably suffering from some pretty intense delusions. Uh, But all around, Glenn was pretty well liked. When he turned 17, Glenn signed on with the National Guard and got stationed in Utah, Uh, but he was upset by the military's alcohol and smoking culture, among other sins, quote unquote. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Everyone's, (laughs) everyone's dirty. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're not following the word of God. And so he started preaching to the other men about God, vices, et cetera. And they listened 
They admired him and he got this first taste of what it was like to influence and lead people aside from his family. Um, And this gave him even more empowerment because he felt Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm, I'm fulfilling this role that God has given me. Well, yeah. I mean, if it also uh, not just like a spiritual accomplishment, but I feel like it is just feeding into the ego of like, Oh, it wasn't just my family who would believe me. It's, it's all these other people are listening all the time and I'm doing a good job and And I can keep doing this and changing lives because like he's looking at it as like, they are doing, they're going down this horrible path and I have changed their lives and led them them to God. I'm saving them. And so this really fed into this kind of like complex, this like savior complex he had. Um, And so At age 19, he ended up leaving for a two-year mission trip on behalf of the church, um, which is a common rite of passage in the LDS church. He was ordained as a church elder and tasked with bringing, yikes, God, bringing God to the sinners in Brazil. (laughs) (gasps) Oh my God, okay. just one slight little uh, insight into the problematic world of, you know, missionary culture. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, so he was the first church member in the area, so he was sort of an ambassador, and he was idolized by people and became more empowered, and this is kind of where he's gone on this upward, upward trajectory, and this is where things start, unfortunately, falling apart. Mm-hmm. Following the voice of spirit, quote-unquote, in his head, aka the voices that his mother told him were spirit, uh, Glenn believed the apocalypse was close at hand, and only he knew about it oh shit yeah oh god okay so now he's gonna really really bring it (laughs) yes so he's now saying like okay this is not just like you know leading people to a life of morality but now i'm like you know tasked with i guess saving the planet uh Uh yeah just like a slight little jump in responsibility (laughs) so he warned the other missionaries about this but they dismissed him and he wrote in his journal it is impossible to turn my mind off which to oh. me is just really sad because, yeah. again, looking at it from the perspective of mental illness, it just, it's just, sad. it's just sad um, mm-hmm. to, th- to think that he was struggling with this. So he spent all of his time interpreting scripture and following spirits' guidance, and he started preaching to the public about his revelations, which was a serious no-go because the LDS provides very, very super specific topic outlines for missionaries to follow in their work. They have a structure, they have a guideline, and he's going basically off script. He told people that once the world ended, technology would be out and faithful survivors would have to follow warrior prophets to survive. So he is creating this entirely new dogma, essentially. Uh And obviously he'd be one of these warrior prophets to lead people of course well, of course of course. <laughs> of course he'd be the the leader of he'd be the warrior prophet of the warrior prophets the, the alpha warrior prophet of the yeah. pack yes um glenn knew this must be that sacred path his mother and church had been preparing him for all of his life and you know i i also want to re- point out that i recognize too that his mother was probably trying to do the right thing and just misunderstood this mental illness i mean it's very tragic that she said oh the voices are true and you should listen to them yeah you that's know? a rough one that's a rough it's one. rough and it's like a tough place i can't i i feel like i don't have I, i'm not in a place to say you know judge that but um it does make it a, a kind of sad to see how that progressed uh he even warned the mission president about the incoming global disaster that he was sensing and finally someone 
realized Glenn was suffering from serious delusions and paranoia. Well, thank God. At least someone had some wherewithal. Well, unfortunately, he did nothing <laughs> to oh. help him. Oh, okay. So he just like realized it and then went to sleep and was like, "Yeah." He oh, just God. said, "Uh, no. This guy is having delusions. He is not well mentally." Anyway, back to my life. <laughs> back to my cereal. I don't know what he was like. Right. He just noticed it and uh, went back to doing his thing. Um, mm. He did nothing, obviously, to prevent the apocalypse, but he also did nothing to help Glenn. And so over time, Glenn became more paranoid, and he couldn't decide if the church higher-ups were simply incompetent or if they were corrupt and concealing the apocalypse. So now he's thinking, oh, maybe it's not just that they're ignorant. Maybe they actually know about it and they're trying to hide it and they're evil you know what i'm saying oh okay yeah like maybe they also know and the reason they're ignoring me is because they want to doom the church and have this like apocalypse come upon us so now he feels like it's him against the entire mm -hmm. okay got mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. <clears throat> exactly he returned to California at age 21, convinced that he had to follow Spirit's command to take over the church and save its people. How on earth are you going to do that? <laughs> oh, well. What well, a tall order. I'm so glad you asked him because. Uh, going to take over the church. Okay. If you're going to be a warrior, pro the alpha warrior prophet, you know. You better you're know what you're doing. Big shoes to fill. So. In 1991, Karma, his mother, noticed the difference in Glenn, like the, the increased paranoia, that kind of thing, but didn't seem too concerned. She basically told him he was ready to meet his destiny. Oh, and my God. She, I know. And she enrolled him in something called Impact Training, which is a group awareness workshop, a.k.a. a seminar advertised to unlock your inner leader. Okay. Just a lot of buzzwords, I feel like, you know. Yeah, it's, it's just, that's a great way to put it. It's just like, what, are, what even is this? It's too vague for my mm -hmm. comfort. Um, according to psychology studies in large group awareness training, it's sort of like LSAT, but LGAT, L-G-A-T. Oh. I, <laughs> okay. I don't know if that's how you say it, but I'm going to say LGAT. Uh, sometimes called the human potential movement. Formal psychology research was seldom pursued, and basically success was based on customer satisfaction, not actual research on how to train the human mind. So this what? seems like a very dangerous... Like, what ass-backwards science, pseudoscience is this? Oh, just get ready for what they did. So this workshop, the trainers would keep participants awake for days. <gasps> yeah, I mean, this is... Of course, no psychology group, no recognized psychology group was like, no know, one would approve sleep, this. sleep deprivation. No, no one would do that to to better your mind. No way. Yeah, let's let's starve your brain of energy and then really work from there. And then let's see what happens. Yeah. So the trainers would keep participants awake for days, leading them in high pressure activities to induce extreme exhaustion and stress. Oh. And then, as if that weren't enough, they would pit participants against each other in group lessons, insult them, and encourage them to insult each other. This feels like reality show science. Yeah. Like, yes. If yes, it feels like what can, what will get us good TV. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, deprive them of sleep, deprive them of food, make them. Like, whisper something about the other in each other's ears. And like, give them alcohol would be yep. the, the only one that's missing here. Yeah. Yep. yep. And so one former LGAT trainer actually explained, quote, by sending approximately, sorry, 
by spending approximately half the time making a person feel bad and then suddenly reversing the feeling through effusive praise, the programs cause participants to experience a stress reaction and an endorphin high, which gives me the ultimate creeps because I was just rereading the Gavin DeBecker's book, um, The Gift of Fear, and he does talk about why oftentimes abusive relationships, I was going to say domestic abuse relationships yeah there is that like high of getting approval or praise uh or or even parent-child abuse you know there's that high of like when i'm not getting harmed i'm i'm getting good treatment that's such a higher high well it's the it's like i was if you hadn't said it i was gonna say it too because i was just like that just sounds like an abusive relationship right there of just like oh you know when things are bad they're bad but when things are good they're really really good good. they're really good and like you know they really know how to apologize and make me feel better after a fight and it's like yeah homie like they're just giving you the polar opposite situation Mm -hmm. like you you never know you never know a calm middle ground like and it's almost becomes this addiction of like oh you're seeking that that approval that high and because it's it's like you said so good when it's so bad it's so good to have the opposite um and so basically this is what they're doing to these people they're just putting them in these situations abusing them and then uh treating them really well so that they get that endorphin high and it's like ooh, Mm -hmm. what this is just should be illegal i i don't know i don't know um so least shocking news ever some participants became so exhausted that they suffered stress-induced psychotic episodes oh shit experts reported that elgat sessions use the same thought reform techniques found in many cults which is intended to break down the trainee um and the topic is a bit controversial i guess in the psychology field not everyone agrees about this but seems like they're doing a pretty good job of breaking these people's spirits i don't know yeah yeah, I, well, I would say 100%. Right? They're having like, literal psychotic breaks, so yes. you're doing a great job. At breaking them, yeah, I At would breaking say. breaking them. Either way, Glenn left this training understanding the key to his future. He now knew how to break down and manipulate people until they became fully reliant on him or fully loyal to him. So now he's learning <laughs> abusive tactics. Uh, Yay! To get what he wants. Uh Or to get what he thinks is his, like, path, you know? Yeah. He also learned, basically, there is no right or wrong, only results. And that's a quote. Well, I wonder what Jesus would say about that. Uh, Yeah, I feel like it's very Machiavellian. Like, um, (laughs) like... the ends justify the end justifies the means. Like, it doesn't matter how we get there, but this is how I'm going to save everyone. Mm -hmm. Glenn now knew he was divine... He knew he could do anything he wanted or needed to realize God's mission. And uh, that is a dangerous path that he decided to go down. Well, especially for him to say, like, it is okay to, especially in terms of, like, it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong, it's all about results. It's like, oh, so I can just, like, emotionally and psychologically abuse anyone necessary to get exactly what's needed. And at the end of the day, I can still pat myself on the back. Yeah. yeah. Cause I did what God intended for mm-hmm. me to do. Yep. And whatever the voices say, that's what I got to do. You yeah. Know? The, listen Not to the voices. Fault. The voices are right. Oh God. Yeah. It's a very, very scary setup for this whole story. Um, so before he could take over the church and save the world, you know, just your everyday, everyday <laughs> work day yeah Uh, glenn needed to hit some more regular milestones like getting a job and a wife so this was steps one and two 
So back in his hometown, Glenn converted his former high school classmate, Anne, so that they could start dating. And in 1993, at age 23, Glenn married Anne. Within a month, he started staying out late and started acting cagey. And she was basically heartbroken by his behavior. And all she wanted was some normalcy back mm -hmm. in their marriage. Uh, so her uncle stepped up and gave Glenn a job at a financial investment company where he got this sales role. And I mean... You know, this is, was an ideal role for him because he uh, was so charismatic and manipulative. And so he thrived as a salesperson. He compiled a pretty impressive client portfolio. Oh. Uh, yeah, he was just, you know, well, killing they, the game. I, I'm glad you said that it was going well for him because I was nervous for a second that someone with that kind of ego was going to be responsible for people's money. And like it was it was going to get bad. Like he was going to like take money or something from well, people. You know, this this was like a I feel like a, a high point. You know what I mean? Okay. Like he was like, oh, I'm good at this, but I think also ultimately not super great because it's like, okay, I'm just practicing my skills on people, like my manipulation. I'm practicing my um, charisma and how to get people to do what I want. I'm, I'm practicing my schmooze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he did really well in this role for what it's worth. Um, and he seemed to calm down, at least temporarily. They seemed relatively normal at home for several years. But behind the scenes, uh, Anne and Glenn had serious issues. So here we get into the, some of the darker stuff. Glenn was obsessed with porn and he was angry that Anne wouldn't emulate the things he was watching. Oh, yikes. Okay. Uh-huh. They did couple therapy together and in therapy, he complained about being sexually neglected by his prudish wife. Oh, okay. And to make things worse, Anne had recently birthed their first child, a daughter, but Glenn didn't think that should interrupt their sex life gross um also let's remember that i thought he was doing all this for god but now he like right of course but like now he wants like x-rated porn sex life uh at at every moment which that's, is like that's what the voice has told him you know oh, okay yeah so luckily i don't think you should worry because glenn had a solution to fix this problem i think i should worry actually whatever <laughs> I think you're you should really saying. worry i think you should worry <laughs> He started advertising for sex partners in Brazil. Okay. This, this is his plan. Uh, and he would assess... This, this is what he's proposing, at least. So he would advertise for sex partners in Brazil and assess around 100 female applicants, narrow it down to 35, and then sign two-year contracts with them, which required alternating shifts to ensure he could have sex with someone every day. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, that's just not what I saw coming. But okay, sure. Yeah, I mean, what else? What else? So is new? off the wall. Uh, so unsurprisingly, this did not work out for him. And uh, also unsurprisingly, the therapist diagnosed Glenn with narcissistic personality features. Well, so, fucking finally. Yeah, he's like, don't worry, don't worry, shrink. I got a plan. And they're like, oh dear lord, this is worse than I thought. I, the second you said that him and his wife start going to therapy, I was like, I, day one, I hope this therapist has something to say. It's like, um, ding, ding, ding. I think. I'm going to write about this in my memoir someday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he quits therapy. He started attending more of this group awareness training. Uh, and on top of that, he started drinking and doing drugs. Just perfect. The, the perfect storm kind of coming mm -hmm. together. 
So Glenn's younger brother, Justin, stepped up to help Anne raise her baby, which is, I think, very sweet. So her her brother-in-law stepped up to help raise the baby while Glenn unfortunately spiraled into addiction and deeper delusions. So at age 26, Glenn left his wife and child and moved in with his younger brother, Justin, who had been basically living an unassuming and content life until Glenn started using his tactics on Justin. Oh, man. So, man, I really wanted him to be the unsung hero of it all. The hero. I know. It's very sad. So over time, Justin, who had been previously grounded, uh, but remember, had been raised by his mother Mm -hmm. to follow Glenn with Everything Glenn says. Yeah, is right. And so he already has this kind of, like, background of, of being inferior to glenn and doing what he says so he starts to believe glenn's delusions and they're living together so he's just around him you know 24 7 so he starts to believe glenn is correct about his delusions about god the church the apocalypse and meanwhile glenn kept sleeping with his estranged wife until their second child was born oh, uh, god so they were able to procreate i guess was his plan Um, tensions increased at this point and they finally divorced. And in the LDS community, this was deeply, deeply shameful. Um, it was considered, you know, very, very shameful to divorce. So Glenn found himself for the first time in his life on the wrong side of church opinion. And, Mm, uh, finally (laughs) for the first time, this is what did it. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say he's been on the wrong side of society's opinion for quite a while, but at least of my fucking opinion, but whatever, (laughs) I guess mine doesn't fucking matter. Um, so he was shocked and furious. Uh, he was like, excuse me, don't you know I'm supposed to save you from the apocalypse? Oh, right. Don't right. you know that I and my 32 Brazilian wives are going to spare you from a fiery hell? I don't know. <laughs> I would he, love to sit down with him and ask in detail how he got there, but okay. I just have a lot of questions. Um, but... You know, they were like, sorry, dude, you are not following protocol. And he, at this point, became even more obsessed with spirit, a.k.a. the voices in his head, and his spiritual work. Uh, In fact, he wanted to quit his job to focus on spirit and his destiny full time. Uh, His cousin moved in with him. And unfortunately, his cousin had been diagnosed with both bipolar disorder and schizophrenia. So now he has somebody else extremely vulnerable that he can coerce yeah maybe they're enabling each other in some way or yeah it's not yeah it's not a good combo as we can kind of probably predict uh glenn asked his cousin to coach him on how to fake a psychotic break (gasps) oh my god yeah wait glenn asked his cousin yeah okay because his, oh, his cousin had, you know, schizophrenia and, mm-hmm. and bipolar. And so he said, can you teach me how to fake a psychotic break? Because I would like to leave my job and live on disability so that I can wow. like, pursue my spiritual calling. Duh. I'm sorry. Every bullet point feels less godly. But I, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> just, yeah. Oh, oh my yeah. God. That's so sad. So did, is the cousin, do we know if he's the one who is the one who said that later? Like, did he? admit that or did like later did glenn say this like oh no i just asked that's a great point i'm not sure where we got okay. that intel okay. i'm not sure either um, way like it's like i feel bad for both of them yeah but... it's it's just like a toxic relationship at the very least it's a toxic relationship yeah um so glenn came up with other strange schemes uh to raise funds for his holy mission he suggested they start 
an escort business uh, where they would recruit women with, as sex with workers. his thirty-two Brazilian wives. Hang on, <laughs> yeah, wait. no, those those are separate. Um, those are for oh, him only. Oh. Okay, okay. So they would recruit women as sex workers to make money, and remember, this is to raise funds for his you know holy journey, his holy mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he asked his cousin if he'd be willing to kill people. <laughs> what? Because he needed someone to be the muscle behind this operation. He asks a lot of favors of this cousin, and they're all tall orders. Tall all, orders. They're all big asks. They're all giant asks. Um, and his and cousin j- ag- agreed to this. Okay. okay. But said, uh, I'll only do it if it's in the name of God. And he says, oh, yes, absolutely. This is a spiritual matter. This is God is, you know, directing me. And uh, so we got to do it. Uh-huh. They made business cards for this business, but they never actually followed through. What was? Do we know what the business was called? No. And I want to see this business card so badly, and I don't have access to it. Um, But I just can imagine. I know Vistaprint wasn't around, but their Vistaprint order (laughs) of like. (laughs) I think someone from Vistaprint should have called the police if they were in charge of making these cards. Or Kinko's or wherever they were getting these printed. Um, so they made these business cards, never actually followed through on it. Thank God. Glenn's sister, Heather, at this point was alarmed by Glenn's behavior and wrote letters to church elders pleading for help, uh, on behalf of Glenn. Instead of helping him, the church excommunicated him. Uh, but at this point he didn't care because he was on his own righteous path. He didn't need the church to be supportive of him. Um, he only needed spirits command and his own followers. Well, yeah. I mean, if his whole plan is to overthrow the church, why would he care what the church thinks of him? Exactly. He's, he already knows they're not going to like him when he overthrows them. So Exactly. He already thinks they're the bad guys, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So Glenn next starts dating this 22-year-old waitress named Carrie, and she looked up to him, again, someone very vulnerable, as the first person to treat her well after a traumatic childhood and abusive relationship. So Glenn essentially tricks Carrie into trusting him and attending one of these group awareness workshops, you know, where they uh, deprive you of sleep and Mm -hmm. insult you and abuse you. And so he convinces her to do this group or tricks her into going. And the trauma of the seminar essentially opens her up to just unflinchingly following him. Uh, She became like basically putty in his hands. Oh, Carrie. And it gets worse because to further bind her to himself, Glenn then secretly dosed her with ecstasy (gasps) and basically turned her into a regular drug user because she was suddenly addicted to drugs because he was just dosing her and then she needed the drugs, you know? Oh, my God. It's so twisted. And and she became a regular drug user and they sold drugs together at at raves to make money. Um, Carrie helped Glenn officially fake his psychotic break that he had asked his cousin about, and he took antipsychotic medication while finally collecting these welfare checks he wanted so badly. So I don't know anything about um, I I don't I don't know anything about his me- is antipsychotic something he should have actually been taking all along. Uh, you know, I'm not sure, actually. I think he just took those because they were prescribed after he faked the psychotic break. Okay. So I think these were just for I, show. I was I'm just not, hoping that at the end of the day, like, he maybe accidentally yeah. drugged himself into, like, having A some awareness. A better state of mind. Yeah. yeah. No, I think, uh, I think. well, 
from uh, what comes up, uh, no, it didn't. And oh, it unfortunately okay. didn't have the fun side effect of bettering his mental health. Got it. Um, eventually, he and Carrie became addicted to cocaine and meth. He forced Carrie to, yikes, get breast implants <gasps> to become a model. Okay. Wow. And she began working part-time as a stripper to pay for the procedure on her own dime because he didn't even pay for it. Of course not. He of said, you not. have to dance to make the money to pay for your procedure. And for God, by the way. Also. But it's all for God. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, Glenn searched for more young women to recruit as, quote unquote, disciples. Mm. Uh, he briefly dated one woman who quickly realized she was in danger and broke up with him. Thank goodness. But not long afterward, he and his brother met 24-year-old Don Goodman at a murder mystery dinner party, which I guess is nothing sacred anymore. Is what yeah. I have to say to that. <laughs> Freaking murder mystery dinner party. So fun. The so real nerdy. mystery is like, what is going on? Yeah, they, they, they didn't sign up for like the real deal murder mystery party. But here we are. So Dawn, um, unfortunately, had recently hit what she described as rock bottom. She had attempted suicide. And so she had converted into the LDS church during her recovery and had found peace and hope there. Until Glenn showed up. And like he had learned in his freaking group awareness training, he began showering her with affection, which is something she was not used to. And she did that, you know, classic response of fawning. Um, Glenn convinced her to attend one of these group awareness trainings. And this kind of broke her down and binded her to him like he had done with Carrie. And he started collecting, it's a terrible word, but it's what he did, like collecting roommates and friends and bringing them to these trainings until everyone close to him was just like into this philosophy and fully trusted his leadership. It's, It's disturbing. It's disturbing. Like the levels of manipulation. How many people in his immediate life at this point are being affected by him? Everyone, right? A lot. Yeah, I would say everyone probably. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And the people who realized they were in trouble, like, got out of there, you know? How, and did Carrie, Carrie didn't end up ever, like, I don't know. I feel like that was a very, I was expecting that story to end where, like, he became, like, another wife and, like, he got her pregnant and things. But that was just a kind of a random that flew in and out of his life? Or No, she's still involved in okay. in this whole circle. Um, he's just now adding to the people he's already gotten. So he has Carrie, he has Dawn, and now he's, you know, bringing more and more roommates and people into this, like, circle of his, his okay, disciples, quote-unquote. So Glenn dedicated all of his time to giving these friends individual attention to keep them complacent and dedicated to him. So there's this, we just talked about this on rituals, but this like level of uh, persuasion where he's giving them individual attention. He knows how to keep them on the hook, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And so over time, he focused especially on Dawn and he revealed his life's mission to her as the you know, warrior prophet and explained to her how he would follow God's word to save the LDS church from its corrupt and incompetent leadership. Mm. Um, at this point, he believed it was his purpose, not God's to usher in the apocalypse himself. Well, so he's almost like above God now, which is like, well, I think we saw this coming. I saw it coming a million miles away. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I'm like, it's just, we're finally here, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the second you think you're uh, higher than God, but also doing work for God, like, don't you think God should be just working for you at that point? And then I guess, I don't know. It, I can't wrap my head around that level of, of you know, of 
crazy as crazy stuff so but i yeah. don't know yeah the delusions have gotten really really elaborate um he believes he needs to usher in the apocalypse he develops a list of proverbs that he calls the 12 principles of magic and he commanded his disciples to obey these principles and finally had a plan to enact his holy war oh boy okay so together don justin and glenn uh, would raise enough money to travel to Brazil and recruit orphan children as future soldiers <gasps> for his cause. Oh my God. It gets so much worse every it time. It just keeps getting fucking worse. It's like, well, at least orphans aren't involved. And then all of a sudden a surprise. Yeah, man. Okay. And you said these are this, these 12 rules of magic. What'd you call it? Yeah. The 12 principles of magic. Huh? I don't have the list of them here. Um, I didn't know if, like, can can we find that online later? I wonder what that even looks like. It's probably not very sensical, but, I, you know, I'm still curious. Um, well, you can buy the uh, album on... Oh, wait, what? Oh, no. The That's album? A different... Yeah, there's, like, a CD <laughs> a on Amazon. <laughs> there's a CD on Amazon. Uh, I, I'll, I'll just trust you with it. I just was curious what his 12 principles would be, but... but oh, no. I got him. Oh, <clears throat> I found this on ldsmovement.pbworks.com. Uh, okay. It's quite a website. Okay. <clears throat> Here we go. His program was centered around the 12 principles of magic. One, I am already perfect and therefore can do nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's also my principle. of. As I have one principle of magic. It's just the Gemini rule. What's next? <laughs> Hang on. Wait, Christine's so was, principle of magic. Was he? Was that meant for everyone to believe, or was the belief that he's perfect and everyone needs to know he's perfect? Um, I believe it's for everybody. Okay, well that's at yeah. least that's nice and generous. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Uh, okay. Two, <laughs> there is no such thing as right and wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this is like if you ask a child to say like the opposite of the golden rule or like the opposite of what morality is. It's just like so transparent uh three i am all powerful and therefore the creator of and accountable for everything that occurs in my life now that sounds like some of the secret bullshit yeah 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 four life is always right i embrace all of my results five all of my results i have created to learn from at some level six i know nothing <laughs> oh uh, wait hang on wait, wait hang on, hang on. <laughs> sorry did he, is one of his principles i everything i do is right and i know how to do everything and i'm the best and then the next one is i know nothing <laughs> literally i life is always right everything i've created and I know nothing. I believe nothing. <laughs> I simply perceive without fear. Okay. I also know nothing, but I also know nothing. Yeah. Okay. I am already perfect. That's my first one and can do nothing wrong. And I know nothing. Those I are like my two principles. I'm perfect. I don't know. I don't know anything. <laughs> uh, seven. It is of no concern to me how accurate or inaccurate my perceptions are. And therefore, I am always right. What is, what going, is going on? on? I... <laughs> this is bananagrams is what this is. The, the thing is, like, first of all, I want to say I'm very aware that, like, this person is mentally ill. Like, yes. We, we this can't comes forget from that. a very sick mind. Yes. But imagine, like, the people who are also trying to, like they're really investing their themselves in following your principles. And this is the booklet they get. And they're just like, um, 
So which ones do I follow today? Like what? So am I right or am it I not right? Or do I perceive like, or am I wrong to perceive? Or, or do I not know anything at all? Yes. It yes. seems like they kind of contradict one another, which they, again, like this isn't coming from somebody who is of sound mind. So right. Yes, to, what, is, to, what, are the, what are the rest of them? Okay. So here we go. Uh, eight, unconditional fearless love is the most powerful force in the universe. Well, that's okay. lovely. I love that's that lovely. one. Number eight, I can vibe with. I kind of like nine, except out of out of context. So nine is spirit knows. And that's it. Oh, Ooh, that's I do kind of, love that. Kind of witchy. I like it. Yeah, I love that one. Ten, I gain total control by losing all control. Wow. Some of these sound like they could be in a self-help book. You I feel know? like Tony Robbins wrote this. For sure. For sure. Eleven, life is such a precious gift. And when I give back to life, immediately life gives more back to me. And therefore I am forever in in its debt what goes around comes around keep in mind he asked his cousin if he would kill for him yeah that's true 12 there is a higher power than mine and that is my savior jesus christ the son of my father oh okay that one i don't vibe with as much but you know i liked um like conditional unconditional love or something i liked spirit knows and i liked i don't know and i guess i'm a quarter in belief with him honestly more than i expected yeah <laughs> me you know? too yeah me too okay so anyway yeah. he had these 12 principles of magic yes yes and again i know we were laughing but i want to point out too like we're well aware this is you know somebody we're, who's we're not sick. laughing at his mental illness we're no. just laughing at like the. i just feel like if it was if a anyone a... handed if anyone handed me that i would be like some of these i'm down with but i am confused but I, am, I do have questions before i dive in wholeheartedly you yeah. know yeah um so he has these 12 principles magic uh, magic and they were supposed to obey these principles um and he decided to start this holy war they decided to recruit orphan children from brazil as soldiers for the cause and the children would be trained as skilled assassins who would travel to the united states kidnap the lds church leaders and smuggle them back to brazil the children do this. This the is their. Do this. The children are responsible They're for warriors like, of God. Grand kidnap. Yes. Okay. Got it. Uh, from Brazil, then the hostage church leaders would write letters declaring Glenn as the new true leader of the church, and the wow. nine million Mormons of the world would gratefully accept him as their savior. He would then develop his own awareness training called Transform America to create a state of peace and joy. Hmm. Okay. So he's got a plan. It's not a not one I'd I'd write up, but it's not a great plan. I feel like even in his mind, you know, I'm like I feel like you're banking on a lot of successes to happen in a row that probably I, won't happen. I feel like he looked at it and should have at least seen one one area where he's like, We should have a backup plan. Yeah. You'd think that like maybe plan B, but I guess not, you know, if he's really convinced this is gonna work. Especially now knowing his like principles of magic, I feel like some of his principles were like, I'm responsible for whatever happens. And it's like, okay, we'll be ready for this to not go great, you know? Yeah, but spirit knows, you know, maybe spirit told him, you know what I mean? I don't know. I feel like you could really use a lot of these in whatever context you need it to. (laughs) I I feel like he wrote each of those principles in a different mood. And like, so just no matter what's going on, he's got an answer for it. It works for something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Dawn hears this plan, and she's like, all right, I'm in. Full stop. Uh, Carrie, on the other hand, finally hits a breaking point at this point. Uh, She packed her things and left, and actually later became a professional model and Playboy centerfold all on her own. All right. So proud of her. All right. Get it, girl. 
overcome your trauma and be successful. Love that for you. Their other roommates moved out too, thankfully. So now Glenn had most of his disciples gone and he turned fully to Justin and Don as his loyal soldiers and decided it was time to enact his plan to take over the church and save the world. But first he needed $20 million to do that. Oh, wow. (laughs) Don't we all need $20 million? To do the big plans in life that we have. Yeah. Uh, so selling ecstasy at raves wasn't really getting him close to that $20 million. So he <laughs> decided on a new plan, which was to commit extortion and murder instead. Okay. And this way he would, you know, create a state of peace and joy at the end. But remember, the end justifies the means. So if right. he has to murder and extort people, you know, it's all part of God's plan. It's, yeah, they're just a pawn, a pawn mm-hmm. in this in this chessboard of life. Exactly right. So in Glenn's mind, he could do anything he wanted or needed to in order to carry out Spirit's holy orders, and God would approve of this. He was above the law, above the church, and above all morality, because nothing is right or wrong. Uh, he was morality. He was like his own sense of morality. It was simply God's word and his destiny. There were only results. That's all he wanted. So Glenn told Don and Justin that together their trio made up a holy trinity called the Children of Thunder. Ah, I see. Okay. I forgot Mm. about the Children of Thunder title here. Okay. And together they would usher in the new age and save their people. Their path laid about before them, the Children of Thunder set to planning a series of crimes, which included extortion, abduction, and murder, to access money and set into motion their divine mission and, and you know what's the end of part one. Oh, wow that's a lot of information that i don't know where i'm gonna store it but i will <laughs> say, you know i it, it just feels extra icky that there are children involved because for someone who's trying to schmooze and manipulate and it's like who better than children who like yeah. just you know boy better than children who've lost their parents and like like they're looking to anyone to guide them or Ugh. like or like affection or anything forget it forget it wow this uh talk about a a juicy story i'm shocked i haven't heard of this because i feel like this would have been in all the papers maybe it was when i was too young yeah i don't know um it's it's pretty wild it's pretty wild i feel like every time i hear of one of these new cults or you know off like fanatic offshoots i'm just shocked that i hadn't heard of it but boy whatever well man that was a good one. And I don't, I mean, it was like, I do, obviously I'm not, have, I sympathize with everyone in the story, but I don't feel like I want to go cry into a pillow after hearing you report on a story for once, which is nice. Yeah. 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 So I feel like I can breathe relatively easier than normal. So maybe after part two, we'll see. Okay. Well, I don't even, was that a sneeze? Sorry. Excuse me. Yes. What the fuck was that? I thought that was like a cat got... I don't know, thrown down the stairs. So. That's how I sneeze. I'm so sorry. I can't sneeze quietly. I have like a dad sneeze and Allison hates it. It's the loudest sneeze on earth. But that sneeze was sounded like a, it sounded like something that was happening to a cat. So <laughs> oh, no. in case you need a description one day for how you sneeze. <sighs> well, uh, I look forward to next week and I, it sounds like it's going to just get worse and worse. I can't imagine it getting better and better. So um it's not good i'm happy to to end here for a while and take a breath yeah yeah we'll get to the murder next week you know 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, until then, if you'd like to hear more, you can uh, follow us uh, on Patreon. We've got our after chats, and we're going to go record one of those and chat it up. We've got the tour of the troll hole. We've got the tour of the troll hole. We've got... What else we got going on? We're probably... Are we coming up on September? We've got our shows coming up. Our our encore shows for Here for the Booze. Our fall tour. So excited. (sighs) So uh, anyway, if you want to you know see us around you can do that i suppose see us around town and that's why we drink across america bp supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing jobs like updating turbines at one of our indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the gulf of mexico It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.